0: Hello everybody and welcome to our latest top 5 podcast. Today we're going to be doing things slightly differently and looking at our top 5 cars we'd like to see on the British Car 3.
1: Hello and welcome to the new episode of the British Touring Car Podcast Uh, We've got something a bit different for you this week, as you heard in the title We're looking at the cars or manufacturers that we'd like to see in the British Touring Cars in the future So at the moment we've got the likes of Honda, Vauxhall, uh, Hyundai, one Toyota in there, Audi There are plenty of manufacturers that have been in there as well um, but we've, we've got five each that we hope to see possibly back on the grid when there comes a rule change
0: So we're taking a slightly different route on this podcast, uh, we can't really rank them as such because they aren't in the series so it's hard to, to say which one should be at number one so it's more of a discussion today of what cars we'd like to see on the grid and I've got to proposed rule change Ooh, Shall we start with that then? Let's start with that So, first of all, obviously it goes without saying the touring cars is an incredibly expensive and difficult sport to get into. Yep. Therefore, if there happens to be a lot of Honda Civic shells knocking about, it makes financial sense to take a Honda Civic shell and develop that rather than buy a brand new car. Yes. However, I would quite like to see a cap of how many models you can have on the grid each year.
1: Um, okay. I say it's because are you talking models of the same generation or of different generations as in across the board for that model
0: uh, i'd allow different generations that would probably encourage people not to go for an older one and to try and bring a new car to the grid yeah i understand that it's not an option for everybody and i don't want to start pushing people out the sport and making it a money even more money based than it is now i was thinking back to a couple of scenes ago i think there was nine on civics on the grid the rest was bmw's more or less and it was it wasn't boring. The touring cars never is, but there's a there's a sort of nucleus of cars that seem to get recycled year after. year. I mean, the Honda suit we spoke last week's done the grid house in 2002. It's obviously a very desirable car, but they're everywhere. I'd like I'd rather see new cars bought in, and perhaps there could be subsidies for bringing a new car to the grid or something like that. I just would like to see encouraging people to bring like uh, accelerate happen of the Hyundai's, dies, yep. uh, like BMR uh, BMW with the Subaru. Is to bring these new cars through uh, and keep the bit excited.
1: Yeah, well, it's not, it's not the first time that we've seen it happen. We saw it happen in the early 2000s as well, when we saw Nissan, Volvo, Renault all drop out of the Sport because the costs were getting too high. And obviously people still had to make up the numbers and they were using old chassis of the same cars that were still there at the time. So, yeah, I can completely understand why you would bring that sort of rule change in. And it would certainly give more variety, and I think it would possibly give the sport more appeal as well. Um, yeah. Because companies are gonna come in and they want to promote their brand. I think it's part of the reason that Hyundai have come in, because they want, they're want they a growing brand within the UK. Yes, they had this reputation of like five, 10 years ago of being oh, that Malaysian, Asian-built car that isn't very good quality, if it can show that it's got good reliability um if it can show that it's quick then it will build how well the brand looks in in the uk and i think some of the some of the cars that we've both written down we will um we'll be looking for that as well
0: yeah absolutely
1: Well, then, I think we should get right into it, and um, let's hear what your first car is that you'd like to see back on the grid.
0: Well, the first uh, car I'm going to bring to the table is the Volvo. Ooh. So, obviously, it used to be a staple of the british touring cars from the wacky estates uh, mm-hmm. which was a bold decision, um, but they hold a very firm place in british touring car history. And it's been a mystery as to why they're off the grid, because Volvo is still a brand that does racing... Across the world, it's yep. not like they've pulled out racing altogether. Um, they're prevalent in the uh, Swedish touring cars, and we've had entrance in the World Touring Cars as well. And there, in my opinion, appears to be three very good cars that come to mind that could race on the on the grid. So you've got the S90 Saloon uh, as well as the S60 Saloon, both yep. in how the uh, BMW Saloons done this year. And I would liken the S90 in particular to be very similar to the BMW 3 Series, quite uh, quite, quite low. A, D-
1: a DTM car, you say?
0: Well, yeah, quite low, quite sort of bunched, bunched to the tarmac. I can just see similarities in the car uh, yep. to, the M- to the M3. Uh, and if they were to go down the hatchback route, because uh, the hatchback has been relatively successful in the previous sort of five, six years of, the- of the sport, the C30 comes to mind. It's a sporty hatchback. Um, it just doesn't understand to me why they're not in the series anymore. Um, However, perhaps the hybrid era is coming in, that might be a chance for them to get back onto the grid. They are, they've made quite a few strides as a company in hybrid technology, so there's a possibility they might want to bring that to the touring cars. I just want to see Volvo back on the grid, really.
1: Yeah, it's, it surprises me quite a lot as well, especially as a lot of the cars that they might make, you say the s 6 the S90, the C30, they all seem to have that R, R design model, which is their yeah. almost like race model and their sportiest model so companies that have that model within their brands you can see them quite easily transitioning into being race cars Absolutely. um the same with hyundai and their n n-class cars yeah. so yeah i think it would be fantastic to see volvo back on the grid um it'd be interesting to see what form they would prefer to take whether it would be the saloon or the hatchback I think if you're looking at the grid at the moment, it would certainly be saloon to be preferenced, because uh, even the Civic, Civic FK8 is looking more saloon-like now, um, and it seems that there, there's more impetus on speed and they're still able to dial the handling in to a yeah. saloon car. So, yeah, yeah I can completely I, understand.
0: I think it would depend on if they came in as a manufacturer, so what because the S90 uh, is quite new. Yeah. Uh, so you'll probably need to come in as a manufacturer for that. But if you're coming in as a privateer, I reckon you can convert the C30 or yeah. C40 relatively easily. Well, you
1: um, you say that they've been running in world-touring cars. It surely can't be too difficult to buy up one of those. Yes, they're going to be expensive, but already built for you. You bring it into the series as a privateer, almost like Tom Ingram's done with Toyota. He's been yeah. racing the events for God knows how long, and it's probably a car that you look at in... Sort of like in its standard edition, you look. That's not. That's not a race car. <laughs> no, right. That's yeah. a, that's a modern family saloon that people do hundreds of miles in a day. But he made that work, and now he's got Toyota on board.
0: But as you say, I mean Volvo appear to have that racing division within them still, uh, yeah. with the R classes, and you know they, they still build race cars. So I don't know why they're not on the grid it would be great to have them back
1: what's your first uh, entrance to the table my first entrant is already officially a race car so mine is Mini now oh, okay. there have been talks about Mini possibly coming into the championship before certainly coming in as a su- support series we saw the Mini Miglias at Thruxton last year Yeah. and bringing in that bigger either the Mini Coupe or I think the Clubman's probably a bit too big but bringing in an uprated Mini Cooper. I is think. that big enough? Like Mini Cooper? It's going to be difficult. Yes, it is a smallish car, but in the modern day, when you stand next to it, it's nothing compared to what it used to be. Um, and yeah, is it the same sort of size as a Civic? Possibly. Yes, it's a slightly different shape. It's a bit boxier and stuff. Um, but the fact that they've got their own racing series, and we've also seen them in racing series throughout the world in. WRC in um, touring car events elsewhere in the world. I think it's probably an unlikely one to bring in. However, it's got that racing pedigree behind it, like you say, with Volvo, that I think the transition could be made quite easily um, for it to come into the championship.
0: The only thing I might say on that is that would BMW want Mini in the series competing against the flagship car which is the BMW and a BMW
1: team yes um, yeah so I, can, I can completely understand that and obviously with the powertrains that Mini use now being that BMW line then there would be quite a few similarities um, however again if companies are using it as that brand power then I think they would be quite happy to have that in there in both forms being able to say BMW powered Mini and that natural BMW power and car so yeah I can understand I think if it would come in much easier to the championship if we went back to a two tiered system like we had Yeah, um, which
0: I'm not convinced won't be the case when the hybrid era comes in you know
1: yeah same I, th- I think there will be those teams that certainly privateers and independents that won't be able to afford that step up yet and they will have to gradually introduce and then it will fall back into the stage where we get older vehicles dropping back to those those sorts of teams and independents and then they'll gradually bring themselves up and through into the same sort of system that we have now
0: yeah Uh, uh, many of you say are a classic uh, racing brand um steeped in racing history so from that point of view, they would be a perfect, perfect addition.
1: Yeah. Go on then. What else have you got for us?
0: So this is perhaps a bit left field. Yeah. Um, they certainly don't have the same racing pedigree as some of the other cars on my list. Um, but it's a car I've, I've never really seen in motorsport, and I don't know why. Yes. It's Fiat. Okay. Because it on paper... Are part of the Ferrari group. And I know that Ferrari basically do the racing side of Fiat. That's that's yeah. the agreement. Ferraris are the Fiats, but with the prancing horse and go much faster and make lots of extra noise and yeah. do four of the one things. But why don't Fiat get involved in championships? They can get involved. In? You can't have Ferrari in the tour- in the touring cars. No. So why don't Fiat fill that void in the touring cars, the world touring cars? For me, they've got cars that would work, the Punto to me straight away, smart, hot hatch would work perfectly in a racing series like this yep. um, they've got a new one out called Tipo, which is a sort of more muscular version of the Punto, yep. um, which again that could work quite nicely I just wonder why it's not been on the grid before it, it seems perfect yeah, and certainly
1: through Italy I'm, I'm fairly sure that they have the Arbath 500 racing yeah. championships, and they probably have Arbath Punto's out there and having Fiat having that leg of a bath being the racing aspect of them and being able to produce those high performance small little cars, then yeah, I, I could quite easily see an R Bath Punto coming yeah. in. Um, obviously, with the backing, slight financial backing of Fiat. Um, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one, really. I, I wonder if they're cautious about the market.
0: Well, my only thought was that because I, I assume that Ferrari bleeds money when it comes to motorsport compared to what units actually sell so perhaps Fiat has to be the sensible arm yeah. in order Ferrari to work Fiat has to be the sensible arm that makes the sales, makes the money to keep Ferrari in tyres effectively Yeah. Um, but equally would it be so much to just put a Fiat in the sport without have an utter catastrophic point? I don't think so because think of the Ferrari size you can sell on the grid as well, more than anything else. I mean, yeah. you get fit Ferrari merch on that grid, on the Dredd Motor store. or whatever, you're laughing if he's got Ferrari on it, people buy Doctor the Ferrari on it. <laughs> yeah, it.
1: I think it would possibly be more interesting to see it come in as a feeder series with the 500 art Bath because mm. that is such a popular car in the UK. Yeah. Um you see so many Fiat 500s on the road and they're constantly developing that branch that yeah maybe if they bought in a smaller series like that then they would get more momentum in in the UK and then they could bring in a, a slightly larger car that would fit regulations within the touring cars. I would love to
0: see a 500 sport championship that is a great idea. Get Alan Gaul on the phone now because that is a fantastic <laughs> idea. Um, what's your next one on the list, then? Um, my next one is something
1: slightly different as well. Um, mm-hmm. Suzuki. Yes,
0: yeah, see, I thought of this today as a Swift would past me on my walk.
1: Yeah, the Swift has been a, a car with longevity. It's a car that's been used in the World Rally Championship, certainly with the Ignis and the Swift. Um, and the modern-day Swift, I think, is a decent-looking car and it's a car that, yeah, you don't see too many of them about. But if it was bought into a championship with television time and advertising like we get from the Touring Cars, then I think that would greatly benefit the company. And being that Japanese company looking towards the hybrid era, then I certainly think they could amend and develop their cars in a way that would fit in with regulations again the only question for me is that is that car big enough do they have one that fits the aspects and ratios of the regulations that are going to be in place
0: yeah i'd worry that the uh, swift in particular isn't big enough yeah to it's certainly just think about it visually it's smaller than the a-class isn't it which yeah. is on the grid which i think is the a-class possibly the smallest car on the grid i think it possibly is
1: you, I possibly I, it, I, I think <laughs> it's It's between that And the Honda Civic I think The The older Honda Civic
0: Yeah Yeah um, So It's certainly smaller I think Than, than the A-Class So it might be too small For To actually race But Again I suppose perhaps The only caveat to them Not joining Would be that they do so much In the Moto uh, GP And motorcycle yeah. Circuit That they've got their racing wing Covered
1: Yeah yeah they're they're a very popular brand in MotoGP, gp and obviously having that bike aspect in there um as you say their motorsport m- motorsport division may be all all taken up because you don't see many suzuki racing series that are car based
0: no but they've had such good success in the MotoGP. gp you wonder why they've not wanted to trans transpose that onto another series i mean the touring cars is a pretty safe place to start. When you look at the viewing figures it gets, the crowds it gets, it is still by a long way the biggest uh, touring car event in the UK. I personally think it's bigger than the world touring cars here. Perhaps across Europe, but yeah. certainly here bigger than the world touring cars. Um, so it's certainly a good place to start.
1: Yeah, I, I certainly think a, a company of that yeah. size would have enough momentum behind them for it, because we've seen cases of like uh, Petronas who sponsor Mercedes in Formula 1 have now branched out into MotoGP and they have a Petronas MotoGP team and that's yeah. to develop the brand that's not even a car brand so no. they're, they're looking to develop into different areas and get that advertised and work within the motorsport community so I don't see why other companies especially car
0: companies couldn't do that as well I would agree um, should I go to the, my next one? yeah go on then We'll stay in Asia. Um, and again, it's one that's not beyond the grid that I can remember. And um, some clever clouds might be able to point out a the time they were on the grid. I'm looking at you in particular at the moment, Sam. Thanks.
1: Mazda. Hmm. I don't remember off the top of my head seeing one. Um, no. Certainly not in the configuration that you've queried. Um, so you're on about the either the Mazda 3 which is the sort of like hatch hatchback or the Mazda 6 which is the more saloon saloon based yep. one. Um, yep. two cars that are still being developed by Mazda and they have been for quite a while now. Um and there were if I remember rightly there were talks over the winter period of possibly Mazda 3s coming into the championship
0: there was indeed um and it's a bit of a shame it never happened i can see why the Mazda six may not be as suited when you look at the saloons on the grid it's not it's better i think than the shape than it than the uh, volkswagen is it going to anything's with the better than
1: the volkswagen
0: well quite is it going to compete with the bmw's no i don't think no. it is um therefore i think the massive three is the better route to go down yeah um fairly good racing heritage albeit not the number one name you think of when you say racing um, no, no but, but it's a, it's another sort of manufacturer that will be new to the series and I think it would be a good addition to the sport
1: it's it's certainly a manufacturer that has had success in racing before most notably the Mazda Le Mans cars yeah. um, the 739s or whatever they were they they certainly have that within them to have that sportiness that would need to get them on the grid. Um, and whether their suitability and aerodynamics and, and stuff like that would work for teams, it would be interesting to find out. Um, but yeah, I think I could quite easily see a Mazda coming onto the grid. And as we've said before, especially with the hybrid era looking to come in, the Japanese are well ahead of us and they have been for some time and yeah. I think that is possibly the route we're going to have to look down more and more obviously Honda are well ahead of the game in that market and and I think they will continue to ve- develop on the grid but yeah other Japanese companies coming in probably <laughs> it won't hurt the sport
0: No and when you go to a race weekend um, thinking from the financial side of things, how many MX5s do you see in the car park? Hmm.
1: There's
0: a lot at least one. And we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, from a merchandise point of view, you could probably sell a lot to. Um, there's a lot of Mazda fans out there that love no, it. Oh yeah. The MX-5 is a brilliant car. Yeah. A lot of people have one and enjoy it. And would you buy a baseball cap with a bit of Mazda thing on it? Probably if it was at the right price. You got a Ferrari one. Yeah, maybe. Have a Ferrari one. <laughs> so. As going back to my doctor turd and Audi earlier, if it's got a <laughs> car bug on it, you'll, you'll have it on your head. So, I mean, it, from financially, I think there's a, there's a, there's a hole there that Mazda quite easily fill. Um, and there's a car that would, would work. Um, but yeah, what's your next one?
1: Uh, my next one is, we're back in Europe. Okay. S- sort of. Um, part of the Volkswagen Audi group, we That's are good. going for Skoda.
0: Oh, the Yekia, I
1: assume. (laughs) Oh, oh yeah, of course. Uh, No, Skoda have their famous VRS range. Either the Skoda Fabia or, more likely, the Skoda Octavia. Yeah, that's
0: what I was thinking. I I hadn't even thought Skoda, but now you mention it, the Octavia. That was a saloon car that could possibly... Yeah.
1: So, Skoda Octavia VRSs have been used for probably going on nearly two decades by the British police. As uh, patrol cars, and that's yep. because they're known performance, and they're known almost like sleeper performance as well. Now everyone thinks of Skoda. Everyone thinks, oh, their NAND drives one.
0: However, like, does drive Skoda.
1: However, their their VRS range certainly does appeal to the younger demographic and the amount of people yep. that you would probably find turning up in their little Fabia VRS, or the slightly older generation of dads that like to go fast in their family Octavias, um, I could certainly see that appealing to the crowds as well.
0: Mm. Mm. Now you mention it, it does seem a very obvious choice, because they've had good success in the rally uh, series of yep. uh, historically, as you say, it's a car that is fast. I mean, Skoda is a bit of a joke brand at times because of the oh, yeah. association with the elderly. But actually, you look at its racing character, it's done pretty well in Rallycross. And that does seem quite an obvious car name, say it.
1: Yeah, it's, as you say, it's got the connotations, but I think if you're getting into motorsport, they those connotations could easily change when you start to have success. And I yeah. think bringing in one of those cars could be a risk for, like, a team hard to make. Because, okay, you're unsure about what it could do in the series, but bringing on that new brand to the grid, it's it's a unique selling point.
0: Yeah, it is. It is, and it's, you know, Skoda does have its own group of fans, as you say. There is quite a few younger people now who have the souped-up failures and use those as sort of their... Cars to cruise around town trying to look cool with their black roof. Yeah, boy car. Um But actually, yeah, I, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought of Skoda at all. I know you've mentioned it. There is, yeah, that could work. Yep, yeah. that could work. Who else? Okay, well, I've got, that's my next one, a car that has been on the grid in the past. Yeah. But not for a very long time and to very limited success. Um, is it a Proton? This is not a Proton. Oh. Are Proton still a thing? Uh, I think so. I'm not sure, no actually. <laughs> this brand definitely is still a thing, and it's only getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You go back sort of, 10, 15 years, you can see many on the road. Now you see a lot of Lexus or Lexi on the road. Lexi, yeah. Um, and this is a car I think could possibly dominate the hybrid era if they get it right.
1: Oh, most certainly. So, the, the amount of time long. that Lexus have been running electric motors at their wheels and yeah. the performance that they bring in to any of their cars is literally electrifying. Very
0: good. Thank you. So, BTC Racing raced the IS200 in 2007 to fairly limited success, but the car was never really bought on from them. It was sort of dumped as their car didn't really work. In fairness, it might not have worked in the current. Of the sport, although I have to disagree, I think the only stumbling block of Lexus is how blooming expensive they are. Um, yes. You know, they are probably even more expensive than the BMW and sport theory, to be honest with you. But if they enter as a manufacturer, down from the teams, with the hybrid era incoming, uh, as you say, they've been ahead of the game for years on this. Yeah. I mean, they are one of the leading lights in hybrid technology. Yeah. And you feel that they could get this right and they could dominate the sport in a similar way we saw the Box and Astra could play in the early part of the 2000s.
1: Could you imagine the rivalry that would be set up between them and Honda?
0: Because oh, okay. th- 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 those story? two have been at
1: the forefront of electrical development within cars for the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. And to have those two big Japanese companies coming in and clashing against each other and and fighting each other for wins and for championships would be immense.
0: And also, the new Lexus look bloody gorgeous, I have to say. I mean, they, yeah. They're aggressive cars. Yeah, they are. They look so good. I mean, they've, Obviously, they've got the LFA, which you know, is sort of the hype car. They've used that yeah. in some races. Um, but the saloons and the hatchbacks that you can get on the market now, they would... Oh, they just look so. Good. They look good now. In yeah. racing colours, to look even better.
1: Racing colours with um, all those extra wheel arches and oh. yeah, they they would look excellent. It's um it's a bit similar to how how well the Nissan GTRs look with mm. that extra bodywork over the arches and slam it to the floor and it looks so mean. Yeah, it
0: does. And you made a good point. Yeah, you can sell. The, the battle between them and Honda very well.
1: Yeah.
0: BMW and Mercedes are sort of the luxury options in Europe, European, yeah. so they're the main sort of uh, rivals then in Europe, uh, and they can then try to fight them for superiority. That could be a very interesting top-end battle. But I do think it would need Lexus to come on board as a manufacturer and actually supply the cars themselves, but I do think it's too expensive to run as a, as a, as a team, as a privateer, because, yeah nexus it is not a cheap brand
1: no not at all um yeah it'd be interesting to see whether they would like to come back on the grid because um, as you say their their racing pedigree currently stands mainly at top end stuff with the lfa yeah um so yeah it'd be interesting if if they drop some of their saloon cars in there um to increase increase their brand profile
0: what's your next one then mate
1: uh, so, my next one is something that we all fairly well know and love, and we were kind of expecting to be back on the grid either last year or this year, and that is Alfa Romeo. Yes, um, yes, yeah, the
0: obvious choice actually, they mentioned
1: mention it. Uh, of course, Rob Austin had his Alfa Giulietta, and we I think we can speak for everyone when we thought it was a gorgeous looking car on the grid um Great, and we were excited by the prospect of it coming back at some point um and then unfortunately the way that things have developed it hasn't been able to um however for me that's not the only alfa romeo that we could possibly see on the grid i would i would love to see a julia on the grid the new alfa julia saloon
0: oh okay yeah yeah I bought that I bought the Mito thinking that was gonna be for MTO at risk pool, thinking that was gonna to be too small. But I've
1: forgotten they'd put the new saloon out. So we're we're looking at a high performance Italian saloon car that would probably fit into that, as you say, BMW saloon car style. Um and I think it's an aggressive looking car and in race format it would look even more mean. But I think the same point stands as with Lexus, is they're they're probably that bit more expensive.
0: I've just I've never understood why Alfa Romeo haven't been a sustaining part of the sport because when they've been in here they've had relatively good success. Yeah. Even in the first season of Austin in the Junior, he took a win. He took a composure. I can't remember the top of the head, but he certainly took some yeah. good results in it we discussed, was it last week, the 155, they're flashing a pan for two seasons and then it went. I I don't understand why, unless it is down to costings and how much they cost to run in the series, as to why we don't have an alpha or haven't had an Alfa on the grid for the sustained period of time.
1: I mean, it's such a popular car in Italy and racing series use it in Italy, so why don't we tap into that like we did back in the late 90s with the 155 and boost the reputation over here it it can only be a positive impact for them surely I know Alphas have always had that sort of like bugbear on their back of breaking down and and being that car that you're stuck out in the rain in the middle of nowhere because something's turned itself off but if they could get into a racing series and show that they're quick consistent reliable then that can only do good for the brand
0: and it's a brand that has a, gives you the fuzzy feeling. It's every oh, petrol yeah. head's car. Yeah, every petrolhead wants to drive, at least at some point, in hour for Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's, it, it feels it was in a child. Yeah. Because they're bonkers, they're mental, and therefore we love them. Um, yeah.
1: And also the fact that the name has come back onto the grid in F1. I know that they've yes. taken over a team, um, but they are now a recognisable name in, the, in F1. I don't see why that couldn't sort of like filter down the ladder and bring them on into more obvious big series around the world.
0: Agreed. Well, my last one on the list is a brand we have seen on the grid, a in the past. Yeah. A brand that has one of my favourite liveries of all time. Yeah. Uh, and. I can't for the life of me work out why they're not involved in the sporting world. Because when I say their name, you think how many other series they're involved in. Mm. I'm going to give you Renner. Yep. So, obviously, they've got the F1 team. Yep. They've got the Clios, or have the Clios as a Sport series. I believe they've tried their hand at rallying. Yeah, they have. And yet, there isn't one in the biggest series of all in the UK, the touring cars, when, for me, there's a perfectly appropriate car
1: for it in the Renault Megane RS yeah it's even more confusing because it's the direct competitor to the Focus RS Mm -hmm. it's also been a support series for god knows how long and we've been so unfortunate to lose it and it's obviously still a support series but it's gone across to the GT package yep and yeah you said we used to have the Lagunas in the support
0: yeah, and they were, gorgeous.
1: they were awesome cars and they bought him harvey a title am
0: no. he got very close very close but he got his title in the bmw yeah and so um, they
1: they've they're a team or a brand should i say and a manufacturer that has had great success in the sport before and yeah you, it's a real head scratcher that one because of the amount of racing pedigree that they have
0: well, yeah, because you can argue on the one hand that obviously back in the early uh, 2000s, late 90s, Williams were on board as part of williams Renault, mm. and that partnership has somewhat dissipated in recent years. But there's not something racing in other series. Renault still pour a lot of money into F1. Yeah. Why is another question in recent years. But you know, they have the Clio support package. It's not like they've given up the racing uh, wing of the company. If they no. said, what's well, the Williams partnership? It's that, okay, that's it. We're not going going racing for a few years, you say fine. But they're still... F1 is a... Well, how many more time expensive is F1 than touring cars?
1: Oh, to the yeah. hundredth power or something, yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. So, it it's mind-boggling that they haven't got a car in the touring cars. Yeah. Because, again, the merchandising that it can do, the, the black and yellow F1 car is very smart, the merchandise transports very well.
1: Oh, they... they get black and yellow everywhere if they came into the sport but it's
0: a nice it's a nice little color pattern they've got The f1 shirts look quite smart they could easily have the same sort of livery in in the touring cars and sell yep. similar similar shirts etc uh, just that out of all cars on the list that is the biggest head structure for me because of what what else they're involved in i don't understand why they've given up on it's not. In, I can't be up in the world touring cars either. So it seems to be they've given up on this kind of sport. I don't know why.
1: I think the pro- probably the last sort of McGann that was raced was that one with the really big ass. Do you remember that? That almost had like a shelf at the back. Yeah. What was that race? Right? That was. I think that was in world touring cars. But you're still right. going back seven seven years probably.
0: Yeah, it's sort of a sort of big lip at the back. I know
1: the car yeah. actually needs. It, it's a long time ago. Um, yeah. But do you know the team that I could quite easily see taking a pair of those on? Go on. I've
0: got two in mind as well. Mac Tools, Sicily. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. It seems a good replacement for the A-Class. Yeah. yeah if, if, they,
1: if they don't want to upgrade their A-Class, which I think they should have
0: done this season, but that's another point. That's another point. I suppose the only thing you would say against Renault is that they're not particularly big in the hybrid scene. Uh, whether that will hold them back into the new era—I mean, they have some hybrid cars, and they have, every manufacturer's going to have to go that way eventually. Yes. But they're not—they're certainly not flag bearers in that in that regard.
1: You say that, but I think they're probably—it's either them or Citroen being the biggest in
0: France about the hybrid scene. True, and I suppose they've got some experience in F1, which is getting more hybrid. Yeah. Every season that goes past in developing a hybrid racing engine. Yeah. Albeit you can't put an F1 engine into a. <laughs> <during> <laughs> oh, car. could you imagine that? But I just yeah I, uh, of all the cars on the list that is the biggest head scratcher because it's not like that like, you have know, success. I mean, Volvo had you know sort of patches where they were good. Yeah. Renault were the front cars. Team to be. Me- Menu and Plato that the dominated that many times, They were always at the front. Yeah. yeah, always in the battle. Yeah, it's not like they sort of fade into, you know, obscurity. They were a, a top team. It's bizarre, absolutely bizarre.
1: Yeah, well, I think mine runs very much along the same lines as that. As my final one is Zayat. I mm. I drive one myself. I've got an Ibiza, but we s- used to see the Leon in there. We used to see the Toledo in there but even if they want to drop the car size and they want to put an Ibiza in there I mean the Ibiza nowadays is still fairly chunky as a good sized family car Um, so I think bringing Sayat back into the series as we said in the last podcast the amount of success that they had in the short time that they were there they've got the racing pedigree behind them and coming back into a championship that they effectively already know
0: well, yeah, I mean, used for the support series as well, um, yeah. which was a very fun one to watch. I was deeply spoiled when that came off the calendar, because that was a, a very, very competitive and good, good uh, race to get into. Do they still do Toledo's now? I can't remember. I they don't. do, actually, don't they? But they've got a stupid fat lip at the back. It's too big as a people carrier. Yeah. Um, but the Leon is the obvious choice. Yes. Uh, the, F, the FR version. Yeah. Or, or the Cooper Cup version. Yeah. Um, yeah, as you say they've they achieved so much. We discussed last week their poor petrol, uh, diesel era of the car. Um, but get back into the sport. I don't understand why they're not. Yeah. The only thing I would say about say is that they aren't a particularly big presence across any racing now. No, no.
1: Um, but I think their presence within the UK as a car, you generally see more and more and more of them on the road. Um, yeah. So I, I don't think they'd have any difficulty in dragging in fans because no. um, the amount of like modified Ibethas or Layons that you see trundling around the back streets at night, you, you could easily bring in sort of like an extra 5,000 people each race just yeah. in Sayat fans. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a manufacturer that I'd certainly like to see back on the grid and I think they would probably have a good degree of success as well.
0: I agree. Can I make one honorable mention that I didn't quite get in my top five? Yes, go on. Kia. Ooh, interesting. So, they were relatively unheard of until Top Gear made the c D the recently priced car. Yep. Which, in itself, is a pretty good car, actually. You can see that racing in itself. But they've recently released the Stinger, Mm. which I think is very similar to the Hyundai that is being run by Accelerate. And I could see that car in the touring cars. I really could. That that is a car that I think in the hybrid era as well could lead the way.
1: Certainly, the Stinger is the it's the flagship range from them that is yeah. looking to get into that European market of challenging those big saloon cars from Germany. Yeah. yeah. And if <laughs> we know. Or we have this interpretation that Kia is a very cheap and nasty and tacky brand, I, don't but I think no, I think that new Stinger is a proper quality car, okay. and if it bought in, if it was bought into the racing, then I think the amount of people that have got Kia at the moment is is massive, and I think the appeal would certainly be there,
0: and it's a gorgeous car. Oh well, yeah, it's a
1: very it's good directed. looking car.
0: Yeah, I, I think similar to Suzuki and some of the other cars I mentioned this, list, 10, 15 years ago they had have, they have that sort of tacky, cheap, yeah. uh, tack to them. I don't think that's true these days, I have to no. say. I think the, the, the C, possibly D, is a very well put together car, they are certainly further ahead than Dacia, as an example. D- <laughs> Dacia are now where they were 10, 15 years ago, yes. I think that those brands of Hyundai, Kia. Suzuki have come on a long way yeah and I would now like to see them take the next step into racing I think
1: yeah interestingly what I've realised is we've not looked at any American brands
0: I don't think they work no? well the Chevrolet worked for a while yeah Um, but what else is there to bring in Ford are in the series and don't show any signs going away soon particularly there's a new model on the grid yeah so, I can't believe really it, I mean, your rest are all too silly and big.
1: Yeah, you've got these Cadillacs and Buicks and, yeah, they are all a bit too big. Um, I think the the Chevrolet Cruze that we used to have in the series and the Lissetti were the right size. Um, but unfortunately, as we see generally nowadays, all car brands are getting bigger. Yeah, I I,
0: I did think about Chevrolet, I had a look on their website, they're not actually appearingly doing any sort of family cars anymore. It is now in the Camaros and the Corvettes. Yeah. Certainly neither, which would satisfy the regulations or be suitable to the series. No. Um, so I can't think of any of American cars off the top of my head or brand that would, would work. Um, with that board. Shall I throw a curveball at you?
1: Just fine just finally. I'll struggle to hit
0: it from social distancing, but
1: Yeah. Because of the looking into the new hybrid era,
0: mm-hmm.
1: do you think that Tesla could have a massive <laughs> impact on the development of the hybrid sections of the cars? Not necessarily coming into the sport as a manufacturer, but coming into the sport as almost a guide and a base mark?
0: I think they'd more like to come to the sport as a manufacturer, than they mention
1: it. Really? Even though they don't produce any petrol or diesel cars, combustion engine cars.
0: No, but if we go to the hybrid era, which we're obviously moving towards, it would be a good opportunity for them to get that racing car in. Um, Or certainly to provide engines.
1: Okay, but if... I can understand them coming in completely when we turn... Possibly fully electric, which I think the world is gradually going towards anyway. Yeah. Um, but that the middle ground that we're looking at at the moment and the hybrid suggests obviously you have to have a combustion engine and electric motors there as well. Yeah. Which is the reason that I don't think that they'd come in as a full manufacturer.
0: I think to be honest, there will be more focusing attention on Formula E if they're going to go into any sort of racing series. Uh, because you say until we go to the fully electric uh, championship, I don't see getting particularly involved. I don't know how much they can actually offer as an engine developer when mm. um, they've not made a hybrid racing engine. I think you look at the people that could do that Lexus is not a strong, one. Renault for their F1 racing engine comes to mind. How Promeo, even if they're, there, cause they're now in the sport yeah. F1. Um, but I, I wonder if Tesla have any sort of. Experience. They might potentially provide parts of the cars mm. or parts of the engines, maybe. But I think we'll be looking at Hyundai, uh, Nissan, Japanese market, Toyota, Honda as as the main sort of front runners here. Yeah. Um, I I certainly think the Halford's Uasa are probably already in developing their oh, hybrid engine. Oh,
1: most definitely.
0: So I that'd be ready to go. And um, I think that'll be yeah, I think that's been probably in the works for quite a while.
1: It'll be interesting to see when the announcement finally comes out and how they're going to integrate that hybrid aspect of it, whether they're going to look into what uh, Formula One did, first of all, which was bringing in the KERS system, which was yeah. kinetic energy recovery and getting battery power through braking, or whether they are going to have those electric motors at the wheel. So will we see like lightning, or will we see a levelling out of the starts because at the moment, we know that the rear-wheel drive cars have that upper hand, but if, if they've all got electric motors, then they're all going to get relatively the same amount of traction. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the sport develops, um, and I think it will develop very quickly over the next two years, personally. I'd
0: agree. I'd agree. Well, that sort of uh, sums up our top ten, if you like. Um, we'll run through them in a minute, but do let us know who you want to see on the grid. There's, yeah. Um, 101 car makers out there. would probably missed some the very, very obvious. Uh, so do give us your suggestions. Sam, would you just give me your five again? So I have uh, Mini, possibly
1: with the Cooper. Um, mm-hmm. Suzuki with their Swift, although those two may be a little too small for the series. Um, the one that went under the radar for both of us was probably the Skoda, either in the yeah. Fabia or the Octavia. Um, and then bringing back to two... two manufacturers that have been in the sport for some time in alfa romeo either in the julietta which we saw with rob austin or the julia saloon and then seat either in the leon or the ibiza depending how big the regulations need the car to be
0: very good um, so as a quick round of mine, i had uh, volvo particularly the s90 saloon to take on the bmws or go down the X sorry c4 to the hatchback route uh, I had Fiat as the left field sort of racing arm that's been overlooked for many many years, Punto or new Tipo as possible options there, Mazda, uh, the Mazda 3 probably the best option there to bring to the series because uh, they could have uh, more Japanese cars on the grid, uh, then I had Lexus particularly the hybrid era coming in, they could be the new powerhouses of the sport if they enter and get things right uh, and finally I had Renault in particular the Megane RS I'd still I would never understand my Renault I, I need to speak to Mr. Renault why are they
1: not in the sport <laughs> yeah it'd be great to see them back in um, as you said whatever suggestions you lot may have out there we'd love to hear them possibly the madder the better um, I'll get people talking on the uh, social media won't it mate absolutely, absolutely. Uh, remember to follow share subscribe do whatever you need to do with your buttons to make sure that you you get notified every time we put out a new podcast. Um, we'll bring it, be bringing you a new one at the same time next week. Yeah, that's what um, topics we do. What are we thinking? Uh, yeah, what should we do? Should we do something a, a bit different again? Yes, I like difference. Okay, then we'll go for creating the ultimate British racetrack. So of Ooh, okay. all of all the. Um, Circuits that we have on the grid. Yep. You need to choose, shall we say, ten corners, so five each, to yep. plant into our own racetrack.
0: I'll even try and draw mine.
1: Okay. Okay, that should be interesting. I'd love to see that on the socials when we do it.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be interesting. That's that's quite a good one. That's quite good. So. Yeah. So yeah, so we'll corners. pick
1: out take out different corners from each racetrack that we think are almost the best at that track. And then plug them all together and see what sort of track we could come up with. Very good. So
0: we're we doing five each and making one between us, or ten each and making... We'll do five us? each
1: and make a yep. track between us.
0: And I'll try and draw it on the socials. Yeah.
1: Lovely stuff. Lovely Excellent. Lovely stuff. Well, cool. we'll, um, we'll speak to you again next week. Hope everyone stays safe and remember to stay at home. And alert. And alert, of course. Um, And, yeah, we'll see you again next week. go. Remember to subscribe, follow, and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com.